Hi everyone, this is Jackie Cooper and I am really excited to have um, on our call today Zoya. She actually has um, a fascinating background. I mean, I love science and I love everything that she's involved with and we, we also have a little bit of commonality because we are both from the same college, Vassar. So I, um, you know, I resonate with that because of our similar memories. Um, but we connected on LinkedIn and um, I was drawn to um, her profile because of her interest in neuroscience and behavior, her um, interest in Hispanic studies, and her international health and we, women's leadership interests. So all these uh, storytelling, all these creative um, areas that to me um, just uh, made me want to learn more about her and uh, what she's been doing. So thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for having me and you're too kind in all of your descriptions, really. No, uh, for, for, for real, you, I mean, how, I mean, we're going to jump around in on topics and conversation, but neuroscience, women in science, first of all, that to me is great. Um, any, any woman going into the science field, I think is super because we need more women in science, but how did you, um, even think about that area what i know you were talking to me off camera before tell your story how'd you get involved yeah it's pretty ironic because i feel like a lot of people who do tend to go into the stem disciplines you know stories of like oh i wanted to be a scientist when i was little or this or that but really the joke in my family was like oh she's gonna be the english major um because i've always just really loved reading and writing and even just languages since i was younger and so yeah, I, I was pretty convinced that I was going to go into that kind of a discipline. But then halfway through high school, our school had this really cool opportunity um, called Advanced Science Research. And you could enroll in the class and study whatever you wanted. And so I enrolled in it kind of on a whim, frankly. And I was like, you know, what, what would be interesting to study? Like, I guess the brain in a very like abstract sort of sense. And I really lucked out because the people who I had reached out to in my vicinity, you know, for mentorship, I ended up getting to work in a neuroplasticity lab in the city. And so it was really nice because, you know, that kind of opened up the whole world of the brain. But, but the funny thing is really the first day I showed up and they're showing us how, how you collect data. And this lab works with mice, and so they do brain surgery on the mice to collect data. And so I'm watching my postdoc, who's supposed to be training me to do the surgery, and I'm just floored. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. There's a brain, what's going on? And she started laughing at me. She's like, this is routine, this is just how we collect data. But I kind of really started from there. And so I would start asking to watch all of the surgeries that were done, which eventually, like, ended up with me reaching out to the chief of neurosurgery at the hospital attached to the lab, also kind of on a whim, like not really expecting him to respond to a random nerdy high schooler being like, oh my God, can I watch a brain surgery? Um, but he was kind enough to say yes. And the first time I, I was in an OR and I saw a, a brain surgery on a human, that's what I mean. Like I wanted to study medicine. <laughs> I mean, I, um, when I was when I was growing up, my two loves were law and science. 
And I thought either I would like to be a research scientist or I'd like to be a lawyer or the president of the United States. <laughs> so um, I realized early on that I didn't have the technical skills in the science area, even though I loved it. Um, so I went the law route. Um, but I sort of navigated back around and, um, I'm still a lawyer for those that are following the podcast, but I'm also a special education teacher. And the reason why I went into the, um, that area besides loving to teach kids is special education deals with brain science. And so I was fascinated with how, what, how everything in the brain interacts and then, um, how it impacts us depending upon our learning style, brain injuries, just, you know, a whole slew of things. So that's one reason why I was attracted and wanted to talk to you because of neuroscience. It's like fascinating to me, just fascinating. So, um, do you, um, so where, where have you, um, where are you going with that? Are you going to be studying abroad, um, to, um, to kind of follow that field or, where do you see yourself going with that? I know you're studying for the MCAT right now, but um, <laughs> that's t- the least exciting part. I know, I know. So, where let's talk about the future. Where do you see yourself? So, I when I was in college, I actually just graduated this past spring, and so when I was in college, I actually did study abroad. So that kind of ties in what you were referring to earlier. But basically, I'm a double major in neuroscience and Hispanic studies, and you know, kind of the, the reason I ended up that group was because I found neuroscience and I knew I wanted to do medicine, but I also did not want to lose that, you know, the language component. And I thought Hispanic studies was a very nice encapsulation because it allowed me to kind of grow roots or like put roots down in a, in a different language in Spanish, but it also afforded me the opportunity to delve into the literature. And so I kind of got that nice mix. So, you know, in junior year of college, I studied abroad in Madrid and it was a language intensive program. So it was really cool. We got the opportunity to take classes at a local university with um, Spanish speaking students. So we were really in the classes. It was, you know, pretty great immersion. Um, but I think after that, I kind of knew traveling is something that I do want in my future. So hopefully the plan is take the MCAT, go to med school, and probably receive medical training in the United States. So I have the flexibility to always come back here if I want. But frankly, my dream is to get an MDMPH. And so once I kind of settle down um, with practicing here in the States, I kind of want to maybe move to Spain or honestly to, to a country that's probably Spanish speaking, just to like have that language immersion process again, um, and just practice abroad, and then you focus in a bit more on global health. There is a lot of different ways that, um, I'm, you know, with exchanges and things like that, that you'll be able to use your technical skills as well as your language skills for sure. Um, so, um, what's the best advice uh, that you've received in terms of how to approach your career? I know that we have a lot of listeners on our podcast um, and also on the YouTube, some that are very experienced and then some that are just starting, starting out um, and that are um, in the same age group as you are. Um, So uh, what, what do you think the best advice has been? I think the best advice I got was actually this past year at Vassar. So, and I'm honestly still trying to like understand and learn how to follow it myself continually. Um, but I had the really cool opportunity to network with a bunch of different people, one of whom was James Wood, who's like my literary 
idol. Um, he's a New Yorker writer, and you know, he's writing for a lot of reviewed books. He has his own books, and yeah. Anyway, just if anybody doesn't know him, I would highly recommend looking up his his work. But you know, I talked to him. I talked to some people in the science field, and kind of what everybody reiterated. Everybody who I really admired, who had these very interesting multidisciplinary type careers, they all said. You need to know how to be flexible. You need to know how to adapt and take opportunities, even if you haven't completely planned for them. And I felt like that was something I really needed to hear because personally, I can be very type A. I do like to plan things and I can get very wedded to what I planned. But it was, it's so true that, you know, you might think you have a plan, but if something comes up, you just need to go with it. Yes. And as I've learned, because um, I'm a little bit older than you, is that sometimes uh, where we think we're starting is not where we end up, you know, or it might be a blend of a lot of the things that we've been doing over time. Um, you know, for, for me at, uh, at Vassar, my major was science, technology, and society, because I loved the idea of combining a little bit of philosophy, a little bit, a little science and science. And I did go the, the law route, um, but I also ended up doing a lot of different entrepreneurial things. So again, where I thought I was going to be, I still am a lawyer active, but that's not necessarily my primary passion. And so it is good to be flexible because sometimes if you're following your heart and where you, you know, get uh, shown, then you sometimes go a different direction. Yeah, and I think it's so powerful that so many people in so many different fields all kind of reiterate that. I think that really speaks to the power of that advice. Yep, I would agree with you on that. Um, so in terms of, um, you know, moving forward, like especially with COVID and everything, um, what, how do you conceptualize your plans? What are your, what are your thoughts about that? So things have definitely shifted, um, and I'm really trying to hold on to that advice of being flexible. So initially, my plan was I was going, I, I was going to graduate, and then um, I actually got a fellowship to go and do a healthcare slash narrative project in Peru. Uh, and I was going to be there for nine months. I was so excited. It was like my dream come true. And I'm really lucky. The fellowship actually did not completely cancel itself. Um, what ended up happening was the organization said, okay, you know, you have up to a year to push it back. So I decided I would take the time now, study, take my MCAT, and I'm hoping um, next year I'll be able to go at some point to Peru when it's safe, maybe once like vaccines have been circulated a bit, and I decided to delay applying to school by another year. So, so, um, Talking about Peru and talking about Spain, have you, because uh, again, being in the travel space, have you had the opportunity to travel to other locations? So I actually haven't even been to Peru. I, I picked Peru for really reasons more related to the, to the healthcare project. Um, but actually, no, I haven't had the opportunity to travel to many places outside of um, Spain. I traveled a bit when I was younger with parents on family vacations, but I think Madrid was probably my most significant travel experience because I actually felt like I really got to know the city outside of its tourist attractions. So how was it traveling by yourself there? Oh, it was amazing. I took my first solo trip. I went to Cordoba and I went to Sevilla. Um, 
And frankly, it was a bit daunting at first. <laughs> On the literal first day of solo travel, um, my phone completely shut down because it was over 95 degrees and apparently iPhones don't work in like temperature above that. And so I was out and about in, in the middle of Seville. Luckily it's like a really nice place. It was totally fine, but I don't know, I kind of it kind of made me pause for a minute and think, wow, I'm so reliant on my device to take me around. Um, but it was also really empowering. It made me realize that even when things are a bit unexpected, like I can regroup and, and I met some amazing people who I probably never would have met if I had gone um, with friends or family. And that those are important life lessons too, because, you know, being able to kind of navigate when things just kind of shift on you, that's an important skill, especially since you're going to be um, in the medical area, you're going to have to be thinking on your feet all the time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for those that might be interested in learning more about how to reach out to Zoya and support her dreams and efforts, uh, there'll be um, information in the podcast block below as well as on the YouTube. And, um, I definitely want you to keep in touch so we have continuing conversations because as you continue on your journey um, in this field, I think you're going to be doing some remarkable things. I would love to learn more about where you end up and how you're how how it's going to be going. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Bye.